Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. In that light, I'm always interviewing entrepreneurs, people doing things on the cutting edge, getting their insights and sharing that with you. So today we have um, Josh Duddick and he his mantra is helping you make money and build wealth in finance and in business. So his expertise includes 15 years on Wall Street, investment banking, um, and also helping others manage their finances and build wealth. Um, and so today is going to be talking all about investing, how to save, grow, protect your money, uh, passive income. So it's going to be a great discussion on finances. So Josh, welcome. Hey, Chris. Uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having me today. Um, like I said, uh, markets are quite interesting. Uh, Fed uh, raised 50, interest rates, 50 basis points. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, we're kind of turning the thing. It's kind of hard to see where we're going to go. Um, so first thing is, uh, tell us more about yourself and, uh, we'll get started. Sure. So, uh, as you said, um, my background is on wall street, mostly as an ETF arbitrage trader, um, which means, uh, I spent most of my career taking apart ETFs, which are exchange traded funds and, um, don't need to get into all the nitty gritty of it, but basically I'm sure your audience knows a little bit about these. These are the more common, uh, new new form of mutual funds and you know i think this is kind of the uh more valuable investment vehicle for most you know investors that would be listening um we're talking passive index etfs so for example if you've ever heard of the spy you know the most common most liquid etf that exists um and this is basically what i did for 15 years i um kind of took apart these products i traded them we market made them we worked with different issuers such as the big etf houses like blackrock vanguard schwab um and would even help them list these on new york stock exchange on nasdaq um and basically just spent a lot of my career figuring out how to provide liquid markets for retail investors how to make some money on our end as a trading firm um and that's most of my background in the beginning of my career and over the last couple of years i've now shifted to try to build a financial literacy brand um, which is called top dollar and there i'm just basically trying to share a lot of my background and knowledge um and kind of just upgrading a lot of the basic financial literacy that 
you know, is out there that people learn from financial analysts, but a little more nuance with some better ideas for tax optimization for a little more sophistication. Yeah. It's quite interesting. I, I love this idea where you you make your name, you make your fortune in um some fields such as finance or you know, medicine, business, um, tech. And then uh so what what that's interesting is um and I love this transition where you're sharing it and you're giving and your online personality and so tell us that you have some confessions of a former Wall Street trader and now your new life as an online personality and blogger. Tell us more about that. Sure. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny. I So my career actually spent most of my time. I spent I worked at a bunch of different firms, but I spent um, quite a bit of time at one firm. I won't mention it by name, but it was actually an international firm. So we were headquartered in Amsterdam and I lived in Amsterdam for a year and then helped build um, a New York office for this company. And, you know, it, it's quite funny when you watch, you know, movies like The Wolf of Wall Street and stuff, because, you know, I, th this wasn't quite the 80s and 90s of the craziest, you know, time, but um, it was pretty wild and people are outrageous and they make quite a lot of money and kind of aren't always um, trying to give back and and understand, you know, what what the goal is of all of this. And, you know, in my mind, it's always been about kind of like you said, Chris, like figuring out how I could use a lot of what I've learned to teach others and help others. But um, I've definitely seen a lot of wildness over my career on Wall Street. It's It's been an exciting ride. Yeah. It's interesting. Whenever you're talking about money, you always have, you know, the well-intentioned people, but you also have the, um, the, you know, the greed and, you know, all the bad actors come out, you know, this year is no different. But um, let's see here. What's interesting is uh, you talk about Firing your financial advisor, that, that's kind of counterintuitive. You know, people think, you know, your financial advisor is, tell us more about that. Yeah, I think what's <laughs> kind of, a, I, I think it's an interesting concept. And I think, you know, you kind of always have to consider where you are in the class of needing financial advice or wanting to do it yourself. Um, and I understand that, you know, for some people, you know, gaining the financial knowledge and gaining the literacy is maybe not worth their time. I mean, maybe they have their opportunity cost for their time is too high. I know maybe in medicine, that's the case for a lot of doctors where, you know, they just feel like they don't have enough time as physicians and they want to spend, you know, they rather spend their time with their family and their friends and just spend a little extra to a financial advisor to do it for them. Um, but, you know, what I've come to realize is you know, you don't always necessarily get what you pay for in the financial advisory world. I think there's constantly, I, I've tried out personally some financial advisors, even though this is my area of expertise. I have plenty of friends in the finance world who know a lot who still use advisors. Generally spoken, they're not necessarily getting the best bang for their buck. And the irony is, you know, financial advisors charge quite a lot of money for the services they provide. Obviously, there's a lot of different fee structures, but the most common one is some sort of blanket wrap fee, you know, a percentage of your overall assets under management, whether it be, you know, 2%, 1%. Now there's robo-advisors, which are very competitive, who, who do it automatically for 40 bips, which is 0.4%. Um, but when you actually start to calculate out how much this costs, you know, on, on even, let's say, a, a Hypothetically, let's say you had a million dollar investment, you know, it might only seem like, well, 10,000 a year is a small price to pay to know I'm doing it right. Obviously, $10,000 is a lot of money for a lot of people. But when you start to compound that drag and that money and how much that would compound for years in the stock market or in the bond market or whatever your portfolio asset allocation is, 
um, you know, over the general lifetime of an investor, call it between 25 to 50 years, that will definitely cost you, you know, millions of dollars for most investors. So it's a little bit counterintuitive, of course, but I think my my the the crux of my argument is that even if you could learn to do the basic stuff, and I think everyone out there can, you know, this it's not rocket science. It's it's very doable. And even if you were doing it 50, 60, 70% as good as a financial advisor, you'd probably still come out on top because of all the savings. So I just want to open people's minds to understanding this isn't some sort of voodoo or some sort of, you know, you need an advisor to come up with all these great ideas. Um, I think for the most part, it's a lot of set it, forget it. I think some of these tools out there where we were talking about, such as passive index ETFs, give the everyday investor a really good vehicle right now to kind of be able to diversify, invest smartly. And and that's kind of a bit of the message I support these days. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you know, this information is not advice or in its, um, but uh, what money habits should, you know, average people be making regularly? I mean, I think it goes without saying the number one rule is to invest early. And, you know, th- this is common knowledge that people have been saying for years. And I, I hope it, you know, he- heeds with people. But, you know, the-, the power of compounding is mostly a game of time. And I always love to talk about the rule of 72. And if you don't know the rule of 72, it's quite easy. Basically, it just determines how long it takes your money to double. And it's you, you take the interest rate and the number of years, um, the interest rate and percentage and the number of years, and that's your doubling time. So, for example, if nine times eight is 72, that means at 9% annual return, it would take you eight years to double your money. Um, and, you know, when you start to think about this and what, you know, stock market returns are, and I, I think stock market returns are at about 12% annualized since World War II, um, you know, you could kind of start to put together the math and say, wow, I could double my money pretty quickly. Um, and I think that's just a really powerful tool. So I think starting early is definitely the most beneficial. I mean, there's there's no, you know, starting at 24 versus starting at 30. Um, you know, those are years that you could even putting in an extra hundred or two hundred thousand dollars could equal, you know, well over a million dollars over those, you know, extra six years of starting to invest. So really the number one rule is starting early. Um, you know, I, I, there's definitely more to build on than that, but if there was a number one rule that that's definitely it. Yeah. always, again, the power of time. And then, um, I think Einstein was saying that compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. So take advantage of that. And, uh, it's interesting because, you know, doctors, they actually wait, they're actually 20 years behind someone who actually starts investing in their 20s so excuse me um the other thing i have question is where you where you say um where should people be investing their money equities you know real estate especially with this you know interest rate um risk and volatility um what are your thoughts on that sure i I think the most important thing for most investors who are not professionals is to not try to overdo overplay the market you know i i in an environment now where stocks have been beat up this year and are down 15% and inflation is high and rates are going up and mortgage rates are, you know, <laughs> maybe now they're, they just seem to have topped. And I think it's not really about trying to time, but it's kind of looking at historical returns, you know, and that's the best we could do. We could look at what's happened in the last 50, 7,500 years, try to use them as somewhat intelligent models for what we could expect. So we have some sort of benchmark. Um, and you know, when you stick to that kind of model, 
it kind of behooves you to invest more heavily in equities. Um, and you know, years back, I think more people were all about stock picking, and there's still plenty of people who are into stock picking. But again, I I highly support you know passive index ETFs that are well diversified. There's also some really great tax advantages there too. Um, which basically takes out the need to try to, you know, play professional trader or professional investor, trying to time the markets. I mean, I, I think the hardest thing for most people that they don't even really think about is it's not about trying to time the market when you buy. You have to do it twice to be successful because you have to figure out when to sell it and try to sell it at the top. Plus, then you end up paying some sort of capital gains or some sort of tax. And in order to kind of play that both ways on stock picking is not necessary, or even bond picking is not the most intelligent choice for, I think, most people to get it right all the time. So I think it's a, a sensible allocation to go between stocks and bonds. Again, I think everyone has to kind of think about their risk appetite, their the portfolio that's right for them. You know, I talk a lot about this on my site and I have kind of some do it yourself more for education, you know, not investing advice, but how I would recommend someone to go about building their first portfolio and think about how much risk are you comfortable with? We, I analyze, you know, the past seven big market crashes, you know, starting with the, the financial crisis. We look at COVID, we go back to the great depression just to kind of have an understanding of what really a nasty pullback in the stock market could look like and and how much are you comfortable with and how much could you take and then i think you start building a a portfolio that's mostly based out of stocks and bonds and once you get a little more sophisticated you could look at some alternatives like real estate and some other passive investing products yeah it's interesting cuz um you talk about um one thing is this idea where um especially coming around like i said we're, we're actually turning a corner because we're coming toward the end of the year and then you know we're not sure what 2023 holds and then plus you know we still have this interest rate um what are your thoughts on the uh market the economy you know macro what are your thoughts sure well first the most important thing to understand is the markets and the economy are two totally different animals markets do not always do what the economy is doing and i think that's kind of important to remember and think about going into 2023 uh, you know a lot of people are nervous about a recession or technically we might even be in a recession right because a lot of the data that proves whether or not we're in a recession is backdated and lags so it's it's quite possible we're in a recession we're going to be in a recession you know most people have been waving the white flag on recession for the last year now but i don't think that's necessarily the cause of concern to to sell or to liquidate again i don't think as a anyone should be trying to time the markets especially on the downside of trying to think that you know the markets are going to go way down much lower you know we we've definitely had a tumultuous 2022 the markets have been down as much as you know 20 25% almost here we are coming into the the end of the year at maybe down 15% i mean personally my feeling is that 2023 will be probably po pretty pretty strong and positive for the markets i think um, some sectors might perform better than others just because of the nature of this interest rate environment. And and that's going to create some interesting lag because we definitely know from a macro perspective that the Fed's going to be raising rates a little bit. They're going to slow, but they're still full on on fighting inflation. And when you have rates still going up and you have projected growth going down, it's not the best combination for the market. However, it's always darkest right before the dawn. And you know, the best time to ever invest is not when everyone is saying, oh, this market could only go up and you're buying the new highs. 
you know, when you want to be invested is kind of these days. So I think right now, if you're already invested or if you're not, it's definitely a probably a it'll in the long run, you'll look at this as a assuming you have a five plus year perspective, you'll look at this as a pretty smart, sensible time to come in when stocks are kind of priced at more reasonable multiples or valuation. Yeah, um, always. It's, a, it's very important during these downtimes to always, you know, dollar cost average, you know, always be in. And then uh, what you talk about this timing, um, which brings us to this question, what is this different, you know, a lot of new people, new investors, they think, they think what you just described, you know, they have to get in at a certain point and get out. Um, what is the difference between investing and trading and what should someone do? Sure. I mean, I think that the main difference is that investors have to have a long-term uh, horizon. And and maybe let me correct that a little bit. It doesn't have to necessarily be a long-term horizon because investors, savvy investors, plan and look at their entire financial goals. And some of those could be short-term goals. You know, you might be starting a family and you might need a home in the next five years. Um, but basically investors kind of look across what their financial goals will be, what they what their financial needs will be, and they come up with a strategy and a plan and they decide how much risk they're going to take, where they're going to allocate their assets, whether it be in stocks, whether it be in individual stocks, whether it be in some of these other uh, asset classes we've discussed. Um, and you know, they're kind of in it for the long run. They they, you know, and it's they they might still get shaken up when the markets are up and down and they're volatile. But, you know, an investor is kind of looking for the long-term trajectory, like we were saying before, you know, stocks have gone up and over the last 75 years, 12% bond markets have gone up 6%. And, you know, they're looking to ride those long-term trends. Obviously, you could get on or off the train, you know, at the wrong moments or at the better moments, but long-term investors should be way less concerned about trying to time or get in better. And, I, you know, I don't necessarily, I, I deviate a little bit from the traditional viewpoint that... I think a long-term investor could think a little bit about, you know, if if the market's a little cheap or a little expensive, but you have to have a general plan. And when you talk about dollar cost averaging, I do agree. You know, if you have a set amount that needs to be invested, you know, you might want to give yourself a little bit of a threshold where you play with, you know, an extra 10 or 15% of how much the investment's going to go in. But at the end of the day, if you know, if your paychecks are coming in, a good chunk of that money should be invested, whether or not you feel that the market is too high or too low. Whereas, you know, traders are generally looking to profit from short term. And by short term, you know, that that's a relative term. In my old business of ETF arbitrage, we would build high frequency, low latency trading systems. Short term, we would measure in microseconds. you know, but I think uh, for most traders, when they say short term, they, they're looking for less than a month. Some people are day trading, swing trading in and out within a day. Some are looking short term within a week. But generally, they're looking to profit from trends. And I'm not to say that trading doesn't work, but I'm also not trying to support that people get into trading. You know, there's financial professionals who do it. There's a lot of amateurs who do it. Everyone does not do it well, whether or not they have background or education in it. Um, you know, I think the investing side is really where the average person with a sound strategy and good discipline could perform as well or better than anyone. Very, Josh, very fascinating discussion. Um, very knowledgeable. Tell us how people can find you, follow you, uh, visit your website, et cetera. Uh, totally. So right now, um, I have a website at topdollarinvestor.com where I'm putting out as much content as I can. It's all free. The idea is just to give more advice on investing, retirement, 
um, starting to build out some stuff on real estate. I, I've owned some real estate properties and um, I've done a whole bunch of stuff there, which I'd love to discuss and share, um, as well as I'm also active on Twitter as at Top Dollar Invest. You could find me there as well. Um, and I hope to just be putting out more and more content going forward over the next uh, year plus. Yeah. Um, and for all the audience out there, be sure to check out um, Josh's resources will be in the links and show notes. Check out his website and talking about being a millionaire, um, having a house in the Hamptons and um, so and tons of resources. So be sure to follow him on social media. So, Josh, thanks so much for a uh, wonderful discussion and thanks for coming on to the show. Thanks a lot for having me today, Chris. Hope to talk again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. you are listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week